As you venture on the path of self-improvement and you're vying to become successful, you'll soon realize that uh, you're alone, right? There'll come a point where you look from one side to the other and notice that there's no one there from your past alongside you. Because becoming mentally and physically strong will make you uninterested in the common. Where most of your friends will want to flock to, you'll actually want to avoid. And where most people find enjoyment, you'll find absolutely no satisfaction in. And where the willpower of the common crumbles, yours will remain standing like a wall. That said though, every single powerful and successful person has an inner tribe. But that inner circle and inner tribe that's going to act as a catalyst for their growth. It's very, very hard to come by. But there's a couple of steps and a couple of things you can do and you can pay attention to that can help you foster and nurture that tribe. And that's the topic of today's truth bomb. Becoming successful is a lonely path, but getting to the top, you need a tribe. And to get the right tribe, you need to vet, vet, and vet. This, my friends, is the truth bomb. All right, what's up, Sean? We're back again uh, for another... Uh, episode it's uh it was good last week yep. we got um our first guest on i think it was a pretty heavy show i think we went i uh, we started recording like 5 30 and it was like dark at night it was like eight yeah. o'clock when it was done it was like it was good though it's good to have a yeah. guest on yeah jb is really good man he's he's good on the mic for sure um he, he's definitely has some some good experience to to share with everybody and i, th- I thought it went pretty well yeah yeah it's always um it's always interesting because like you kind of want to and i'll get to why i'm saying this too but you kind of like a moderator, so like when you have a guest on, so you want to give them a platform, but you kind of right. you still have to have control of the show. And so it's like to what degree? Because like when you bring someone on, they're super passionate about what they have to say, and they know like this is their time. But then you also want to make sure that you consider the direction of the conversation, like so it stays on track because you know your audience. But like the the person that's coming on the show, like they don't know your audience because it's not their show. So I've always found it interesting because I've done that. I've mostly done a lot of episodes just myself, like in front of the mic and then with a buddy, just like I'm doing with you. Uh, but then having guests on, like, to- like you need a totally different skill set to do that well. And, you know, I know we're talking about moderators because we had a debate yesterday. And <laughs> it's uh, just really interesting how I, I-, I think that, uh, that role is uh, quite an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the moderator, um, in my opinion, did not do a very good job, but I, Honestly, it's probably super hard, you know, to keep both both parties or both people, I guess, on track with with the topic and not interrupting each other, especially with something so heated like the, you know, the presidential campaign. So um, it, it's got to be tough for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so for people listening in that might be listening because you know, a lot of these podcasts meant to get listened to sometimes a year or two years later, you know, someone will uh, hear about all your success that you're having, man, I got to look this guy up. I got to look up Sean. And then they see the podcast. I got to listen to all the Sean stuff. And then like, what debate were they talking about? So this is, uh, we are in, um, September of 2020 and we just had our first presidential debate. And, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, for everyone that's in the country has watched it, which is a lot of people. Um, what, 
I mean, I guess we, we all know here on this show how Sean and I feel about like who should win. Um, but I, I'm just kind of speaking about like from having a conversation and you're kind of like a moderator and you have to basically be able to set the stage properly. And I thought it was interesting because I was thinking yesterday about um, if I were doing it, like how to do it appropriately. Um, I have my critiques on how it was hosted yesterday. I thought it was quite biased in one direction, but um, sure. that's, that's my opinion. Uh, yeah. But apart from that, I was thinking about our own podcast when we have guests on it's like i'm always like in my mind i'm like okay i gotta think about timing i gotta think that the audience doesn't lose like interest i gotta make sure we stay on track and then we have a bunch of other questions and it's like we gotta fit it in like 45 minutes because at some point right and you notice it too with even if you have the best guests on it could be like jb could you be myself on another show at some point the moderator or like the host of the show they lose control and i yeah. think good hosts keep control over the direction um so yeah i was thinking about that yesterday too um looking back at our first uh guest uh, on and i think people will get some value from the show but it is long uh so if you haven't listened to that one yet it is long yeah yeah definitely over an hour for sure uh he had a lot to talk about and he could have kept going for sure <laughs> without a doubt um but yeah i mean honestly the way that you know the debate went yesterday I, just the moderator in general in my opinion what was definitely um I don't know if he was like protective of Biden, but it, it seemed like he was leaning towards like, I don't know, I, I guess kind of sticking up for him. Like when Trump would jump on him, he would like either like, you know, pause Trump or or kind of divert away from that. I just thought it was kind of weird. But, you know, if I if I go on Twitter or Facebook right now and I look at any, you know, Democrat, they say the opposite. They say, you know. It, it was more biased towards Trump. So really, I've never heard yeah. anyone say that. Someone, someone, people are saying that Wallace oh, was yeah. biased towards yeah, Trump. So, what? Right. Yeah. Oh, so uh, like Trump and Biden, of course, were like trending last night. And uh, I was just browsing through Twitter and I would just go through different, different people's pages to see what people were saying. And if they were Republican, it was all for Trump. If it was Democrat, it was oh, all yeah. for, but yeah, you know what I mean? So it was like, I really don't understand how people can even like justify saying that it was for Biden. Like it was, in my opinion, it was like so lopsided. It was like Trump was almost going against two people. That's how I felt right. about it. But right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I thought, and just quickly speaking about it, I think, I think a lot of the questions, the way, I, I mean, I think questions and especially like take for example, polling, right? So polling is all about framing. How do you frame the question? You can get the answer yeah. you want. So I think right. the way the moderator did it yesterday was he was framing questions to, to put, um, Trump, President Trump in a position where he'd have to defend himself out of a bad situation. Cause like, for example, like, um, you know, there was arguments about, Hey, I helped build the greatest economy. And then Wall was like, actually, no, you didn't. As <laughs> it started doing Obama, he kept doing that. And it was like yeah. really weird. It was like, and that's why Trump at some point said, I'm debating against you. And it was funny, but he was actually totally right. Actually, objectively speaking, um, didn't really press Biden on a lot of hot button issues, had to talk about Trump's tax, you know, uh, returns, which was not part of the the schedule on the debate. It was right. not part of the debate and Wallace brought, brought it up, but he didn't bring up a lot of the, you know, issues that Biden has in his campaign with dealings with Ukraine, et cetera. And like Trump yeah. felt the need now to bring it up. But the problem was that Trump has two minutes to talk about the topic he has, but he knows that if he doesn't mention other stuff, it's not going to get mentioned. So he starts talking about like Hunter Biden, whereas he should probably defend his own record because Trump has so much to go off on. And I feel like yesterday, um, I, I feel like he, um, he didn't talk about all of his accomplishments. I think that he was focused on, he had to talk about minority communities and all of a sudden he started talking about like the police and like Hunter Biden. And it was like a totally, and he has so much that he's done uh, during his four years. And I felt like he came a little short as, as far as like talking about his accomplishments. But one of the benefit of the doubts I give him is that he sometimes had no choice because you have two minutes 
he got interrupted, you know, yeah. by Biden. And Trump was doing his fair share of interrupting too. Uh, but then he he was not. Biden wasn't getting the hard questions. And so then Trump has to be the one bringing it up. So it, it p- puts him in a difficult situation. I wasn't a fan of the debates last night. I mean, it's not uh, Trump's forte. I don't think he 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 practices those. I don't think anyone can teach Trump anything he doesn't want to learn, I think. But right. I, I was a little bit disappointed um, about the, how the whole thing went. So, Yeah, I, I will say one thing that I wish President Trump would do is, you know, when, when a, a hot topic is brought up or even when we have some sort of like um, issue with like race or... Uh, riots, protests, anything like that. When when he's like called upon to to speak nationally at either some sort of briefing or whatever, I wish he would address it head on and not kind of like people want to hear from him and like in a calm setting. You know what I mean? I feel like he doesn't really do that. And who am I to say like to do something different? He you know he's the president of the United States. He won that seat, so it, it's hard for me to say that. But I, I wish that he would. I guess, look into the camera more or something like speak to America. Yeah. It, it was yeah. like he was almost yeah. just speaking to Biden. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that yeah. was one thing that I, I wish he would do more of. Yeah. And that's what Biden did well yesterday. Um, Biden was prepared and he would speak to the American public. And I think he did well. He would turn away. He was like, guys, this is not about me and you, uh, me and him. It's about you. And I think he did a really good job with that. Um, and I think he allayed some fears that people had is like that he's, you know, a little senile and probably has some form of like cognitive decline, which he, does i think from all this all the signs i see but yesterday he didn't have those and um so yeah. i think he was just overall more prepared um i think there were some moments and, I, and i'll point them out because some republicans don't like to talk about this but when um trump was pressed to talk about and um, denounce like white supremacists first of all i don't know why he was forced to do that on like it's just kind of a random thing we're talking about like riots that are going to have nothing to do with white supremacists but um and trump didn't give a direct answer and i don't think it's because he doesn't want to he just like wanted to talk about something else um, but Trump has such a fantastic record with race relations. And it, I know it doesn't people like, what is that true? Trump one week ago, um, for the first time in this country, uh, put or classified the KKK as a terror organization for the first time. And Trump did that last week. Like he just did that. Yeah. Right. And he built opportunity zones. He put the KKK as a terror group. He has, um, the massive amount of support from African-Americans and minorities all the time. I'm talking about even my own minority community. Like we're huge supporters of Trump and like that didn't happen uh, before in other, with other Republicans. Right. So there just was no discussion on that. And I think that was unfortunate because the truth really is America is so polarized. If you're a Republican, you're just kind of focusing on a lot of Republican outlets. If you're liberal, you're definitely only watching liberal news. So most people that really dislike Trump, but I always ask them, have you ever seen him really speak? Like just him speak, not him it framed through like a news channel and the answer right. is no so the only time yeah. we as americans really come together and watch both candidates is during the debates and so that's your ch- chance to speak to like liberals and you know conservatives at the same time that doesn't happen in this country anymore um so i, I feel like he left some some um some things there that i hope he improves on in the next few debates i'm actually mostly looking forward to um seeing uh, mike pence uh debate against kamala harris because mike pence is a very good debater uh, he's very good uh, with his words, and he's just very calm and collected. And I even thought last time in 2016, uh, when he uh, debated Kane, he he wiped the floor with him, and um, that was the best debate I think. And I just it's just not Trump's strength, you know? right? Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. And I I saw just briefly too that that they're supposed to make like a whole bunch of changes that way. There wasn't so much like interrupting and things. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, uh, we have a, you know, almost just a few days left before um, the election. I think it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, 
But yeah, so we're actually talking about like where I was talking about moderators. We're talking about bringing guests on, and people are thinking, well, you know, Freddie and Sean, you guys always talk about it. you got to be a lone wolf. You're in this alone. You might not have like a big crowd and a big group. And we believe both of us are really big believers in individual responsibility. And this is a critique sometimes that I get is like, well, if you want an individual responsibility, you can't do everything by yourself. So that's such a that's such a poor way of thinking at the world. And you're know, talking about politics a few years ago, Barack Obama made a speech, which actually was made by Elizabeth Warren. And she said, you didn't build that, right? You, if you're right. successful, you didn't build it. That was yeah. Warren said it. And then Obama said it and the point that they're making as well there's government there's infrastructure and there's some truth to that although i think it was a little bit of a strange saying but the what when we're talking about self you know personal responsibility i don't think it means that you need to be totally alone and hate everyone else around you i think that's that mainstream concept like oh you don't have friends you don't have um any good working relationship with your employees um and that is just not true um, the reason why I say that is because to have some measure of success, no matter how much of a individualistic person you are, you need people around you to capitalize and to act as a catalyst for your growth. And I want to talk sure. about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, we talked before about having the right group and why that's important. But mm -hmm. I think I want to delve a little bit into just vetting. And like once you've decided that you need people, how do you vet them? How do you know who's right and wrong to come into your life? And like, what are some of the things like when you think about hiring or when you're, I don't know, if you're listening right now, you're in, I have a couple of people that uh, wrote some reviews who are in college who are listening yeah. to us and said, I'm okay. a freshman in college. So now you're, now you're going to make friends in college. Like you need friends, right? So like, right. what do you, like, who do you let in? So I want to hear from you about that as well. I share some personal anecdotes. So yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, you know, hiring my first employee, I, I, I kind of looked for somebody with the same value. Well, first of all, it was somebody that I knew through somebody else. So I knew of him, but I didn't know him personally. Um, but I heard good things about him as far as um, how he was in school and things like that. But um, I knew him or I seen him at the gym a few times uh, before I hired him. But, you know, we kind of just had the same same views for for working out and things like that. But you know, once I started talking to him more um, at the gym, you know, we kind of had the same values, I guess, as far as, um, you know, delivering on on customer service and, and being very um, reputable with customers and, and really delivering on that. So basically, how did I bring that up with him when he was so when he was working out at the gym that I went to, he used to buy, you know, buy from our store and that was before he worked for me. So he saw how I treated him. And, you know, that's kind of what attracted him to my store. And that, you know, once I, I put out there that I was looking to hire somebody, he, you know, he let me know. And uh, I talked to him a few times beforehand. But that's really what, you know, got his attention was how I treated him as a customer, how I treated everybody the same for the most part, um, depending on certain circumstances. But in general, that that's really what uh, got his attention once, you know, I, I said I was hiring. Right. So I guess like what I'm hearing from you is like some sort of similar set of values, right? Yeah. And yeah. that those being the guiding decisions. And I think that's key. And, you know, I was answering a couple of questions on my story yesterday. And I've always said is like, you know, what's most important is that you hire for good character and work ethic and values. And I think character and work ethic are a form of value. So like for me, the biggest thing is that if I'm bringing someone on as a safer business, and we'll talk about friendship and other stuff too, but let's think about business. Like what I really care about is that that person wants to build this together with me as far as like wants to put their heart and soul into the business. Um, if you're a small company, you need that. I mean, if you're a large company that can has, has like over 500 employees, like you don't right. need everyone's heart and soul every minute, but for a small company, which many people listening are probably start, starting right now, 
You need someone who's going to sit next to you and work their fucking ass off for you every day. And so for me, someone who ha- who's really hungry and has ridiculous work ethic will go further than someone who has awesome skills on a resume. Like it should be true, be truthful, because like those skills, like um, let's talk about like, you know, writing good emails, doing maybe some copy, like, I don't know, designing, like literally ads, like you can literally learn all of that. Like it's just skills can be acquired over time, but I think good character uh, work ethic, those things um, are just kind of innate and you can't really teach that. I'm not really right. a big believer that I can tell someone like if someone's lazy, what can I really do? Because I get this question a lot, you know, people like, hey, man, I have a, a buddy or a, a partner, co-founder, whatever, who's just lazy. They don't do their work. Like, what can I do? And I was like, you should probably think about like what the future is going to look like because this is going to be hard. Like, how do you really motivate someone that has no interest in putting in effort? It's not something you can teach them. I can't keep like, hey, hey, man, take this course. There's a course now how you cannot be lazy anymore. There is none. Right. If someone doesn't understand a skill set, I can teach it to them. So for me, I think a big part of it is what values are you looking for that provides value to you? And does that person have those values? And then the rest of it, I really feel like it's overrated. That's why I'm not a big uh, proponent of like looking at like resume and the way people look at it. They're like, yeah, I don't really care about that, especially in the kind of work we do, man, digital. Like it's really not that important. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I, when I first started talking to Seth, um, it, it kind of reminded me of myself and he's uh, your first I, employee, right? Just for people who don't. Yep. Yeah, yeah, first employee. Um, and I found out he had another job. He was doing flooring. Um, so he's working part-time for me to start. And then he was doing flooring. He's also going to school. So he's doing multiple things and, he, and he's hustling. And that, it kind of reminded me of, of myself. So, um, I knew that the work ethic was there. He would have to, you know, learn, you know, different, different skills with what I needed him to do, but he's definitely um, grown in his position. And, you know, when he started with me, he was only 19 and now he's 20. It's, it's been two years. So when I look back at myself at 19, I, I probably, I, I didn't have two jobs. I wasn't, I wasn't working as hard as him, to be honest. So it, that's what really um, caught my attention is that, you know, he, he has a, a harder work ethic than I did at his age. So that was something that I really, um, took to heart, honestly. And, you know, he's grown since then and it, it works really well between the two of us. Honestly, um, he holds down the store when I'm not there. Like right now he's there and, um, I have no, no worries about, you know, what's going on. He, he can take care of everything. So it's a good fit for right now. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about that too, for why it's important in a business. So I've always been a big proponent is that your team is one of the most important things that you're going to have in your life. Like if you're going to solo, that's fine. But if you have a team, that's the most important thing. Or uh, apart from like, if you have a business, you have market demand and then your team. So imagine if you have a bus right now, right? And so you bus, you got to go somewhere. But I'm more interested in finding out who's on my bus and then actually knowing the destination, how I'm going to get there. Like if I know who's on my bus and I know when they got to get go, go in and out, I know I will figure out with the people on my bus how to get there as opposed to me just like kind of blindly driving and thinking about the destination everywhere. If like, you know, it kind of makes sense. So I'm really interested in like hiring um, disciplined people and that not, this is a cross thing, right? So like what kind of people should you associate yourself with? And I think um, I'm not a micromanager. I, I don't like that at all. Um, yeah. And all the companies that have, I let people do their own thing. And I'm not, you know, people talk about a hierarchy, like you need to have the iron fist and the iron hand. I don't believe in that just because the amount of resources you need in order to maintain hierarchy is extremely taxing. Look at um, the amount of like SOPs and like work documents you have at a large Fortune 500 companies. I worked at large law firms, man. Like 
their HR, like their books are that big. Like you can't, I don't want to deal with that at a small company level. So if you don't have strong hierarchy and people ask me like, pretty like, are you like a mean boss? Like, do you yell at your employees? Like, no, I don't do that. (laughs) Because if you have disciplined people, you do. And if you have a disciplined culture, you, you can don't need that much hierarchy. Like you do not need to rule with a, with an iron fist. You actually don't. So I'm really interested to always hire people who have discipline in their life, like some sort of discipline, like whether it's even going, I like people who work out because they have, they go to the gym and that's actually a big, it's a big thing. You spend two and a half hours or so like training, eating, whatever meal prep. Like for me, their show is discipline. So when I hire disciplined people, um, for me, I know my workload of like stuff that doesn't actually move the needle is going to be decreased. It's easier for me to have them work in my company or with me together, and I don't have to actually boss them. Because I actually don't. I know some some people who are sick fucks. They love that. They love like the yeah. authoritarian stuff. I personally am not that kind of. I don't don't. No, I don't care about that. So no. for me, that's not important. For me, it's like is the job getting done or not. And the more that I have to, hey man, is it getting done? Hey man, is it getting done? Dude, it's t- it's tiring. So I'd rather have someone who's super disciplined in my life, and that alone is going to be a massive difference. So hire disciplined people. That, that's yeah, my big thing right here. Yeah, and to that point too, if there's ever a mistake made, um, you know, when when stuff first started, obviously there was things that needed to be learned that I mentioned mentioned, and if he were to mess up on anything, you know, I would always look back at it like, okay, what did I do wrong to put him in a, a failing position? Right. I need to adjust, you know what I've set up for him that way he can succeed. So I, you know, there's really never a time where I'm mad or blaming him for anything. If any, if anything, I'm blaming myself for not putting him in a a proper position to, to excel. So that's one thing I always try to keep in mind that, you know, it always falls on my shoulders uh, with whatever goes wrong. So um, that's, that's something that, that I try to focus on. Yeah. So team super important. Um, discipline, having the same values, like you said, um, yeah. taking responsibility if things don't go right. Um, and yeah. the fact is that you're going to have to delegate, which is one thing we talked about in our first few episodes. I, I want to kind of uh, pivot. Um, I actually got, I have a question sticker I started yesterday and I wanted to have some of the question stickers I, I'm going to answer. We'll listen to the next truth bomb because we're going to ask okay. this. So one of the things that goes off with hiring, uh, people also talk, start talking about other types of relationships, friends, romantic kind of stuff. What are you? What is your thought process on that? I've never really spoken to you about that. Like, do you? Right. Um, f- how do you know like who to let into your life? Like, what kind of vetting have you done? Where have you come short? Where have you felt like you've made the right decisions? Like for young people that are, you know, you, say you're talking to a person right now because the kid that asked me, he's a young guy and he's super eager, and obviously, I believe that as uh, someone who's young, cause I used to be young. <laughs> if you, I'm still young, but if you make mistakes, like with the wrong people, you spend time with the wrong relationships, whether it's friends or girls, or whatever, you will ruin your business career or any career you want. So I want to save people from that, those mistakes. So that's why having you on as well. I want to hear from mm-hmm. you, man. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah. I mean, as far as like friendships with business, is that what you're, is that what the question yeah, was? Friendships with business, um, even just friends generally, uh, female relationships generally, like what, what should you look for? And yeah, no, I want to hear uh, from you about that. Yeah. And even before as, as a preface that what I want to say about this is one of the biggest um, mistakes that we don't teach in our educational system. And I don't even think it's a role for schools to teach, you know, kids, but even parents, something we need to teach kids how to vet 
better. That's one skill set about like who do you let in your life and like what are the skills, what are the things you should look for? Because I think what we tell, and I was doing a podcast the other day, I was talking about this. You got to like the same music. You got to like the same band. Oh, you like the same sports team. And like that is not for me a basis to form a relationship. I think that's where people go wrong. That's why I'm totally against like those like dating apps, like left, right. It's like, what do you know? Oh, we both like, I don't know, like Jerry Springer. Like, what the fuck? What does it matter? Like we both like rap music. So like that's not a good basis to spend your emotional energy on (laughs) for a long time. I just don't get the wrong way. And that's how we're taught in, in life match with people who you have a superficial interest with. It's a mistake. Um, and I want to save people from those mistakes. So if you look back and I want to hear from you about like, what are some of the, your best friends, best relationships, what, what are some of the things you look for? Yeah. So as far as like friendships with business, you know, when I got into the supplement space, I always heard that, like I always heard, don't, don't do business with friends. And like, it's, it's like a typical saying, I'm like, well, you know, I could probably make this work with this friend or, or this guy or whatever. And every time that I've tried so far, it's it's turned into a disaster. And I'm going through an issue right now where it was more of a friendship before a business relationship. And then, you know, as we grew as friends, it turned into more of a business re- relationship and it didn't work out. Why do you um, think like, what was it about that? Is it a friendship or was it like, what would make, is it, is it hard to actually have a good conversation because you are friends or like, yeah, I mean, honest or? I guess as a, as friends, we were still, we were really close as friends. And then as the business relationship grew, there was more things that we didn't like about each other. So um, from a business standpoint, it was like, he wanted to make this decision and then I wanted to make another one. And we just butted heads on everything. And so far, you know, through my short career in supplement, the supplement space, I have not had a relationship that I was a friend with that worked out. So um, I would advise against it. And that's what everybody's always told me too. So I, I haven't seen one work, honestly. Um, but as far as like my personal relationships, friends, uh, girlfriends, family, anything like that, you know, especially starting a business or, or being an entrepreneur, you need to find somebody that that's willing to accept you being sort of selfish in, in the sense that, you know, you're going to spend the majority of your time on this business. Um, it's most likely going to be the number one priority over friends, family, kids, or whatever it is, you know, there's, there's other things that need to be priorities, but most likely your business will be number one for the foreseeable future, especially when you're starting out. So it's very difficult to find somebody that's willing to deal with that. It's tough. Um, but you know, if you do, uh, I feel like you can make it work, but you're going to have to sacrifice, you know, a lot with that person. So it's going to be difficult, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult. I mean, to address like a couple of things, I think the first thing about friends and business. So I don't think the the hard rule is just like, if you're friends with someone, you can never do business with each other. I no, think I don't, I don't the reason, so. yeah, the reason why you became friends um, is not enough for you to actually start a business relationship, if that makes sense, right? Because you might I mean, have buddies from back in the day, like, um, I'm really, into, I grew up in Europe, so I'm really into soccer. So I start, I mm-hmm. watch a lot of soccer. It's like my thing. So like we like the same soccer team, but like that's not a good business for us to tie our financial futures for the rest of our right. lives together, which is really what a business relationship is like when you're a co-founder. Like is the only agreement you'll ever sign with someone besides a marriage is your, is your business partner. So yep. like you never sign an agreement with another human in that form. So I, I just don't think that basis is there. So when you want to, um, 
become business partners with your friends, ask yourself, like, what was the basis of our, of our friendship in the first place? Like, why did we become friends? Always think about that. Like, what do we like about each other? Is it our company? Is it like, because we're good, like, you guys might have some friends you like doing some tequila shots with, I don't know, or drink some bourbon. I don't know. Like, right. that's not a good basis, though, to translate into a business relationship where you're saying, okay, guys, we're going to both tie our financial interests here. And what our goal is together is to bring value to the marketplace. That's a totally different concept than like, hey, I'm fun at parties. Totally different thing. So I think that's where the issue really lies. Um, that's when it comes to friends. Now, the second thing, I think in, you know, when, you're, when you're in your path to success and greatness and stuff, like your goal is to become more valuable to the marketplace right, as a business owner, right? And so sometimes like when you are, in, let's say, in some sort of relationship with like even friends or sometimes family members, or, you know, other type of relationship, romantic stuff, it, sometimes their concept is about whether you provide value to them. And there is a conflict there because providing value to uh, Jenna is here providing value for the marketplace might be here. So like if Jenna keeps pulling me away from the marketplace, like I'm never going to realize my potential as a successful entrepreneur. And so you have to be very, very to, to be with someone who is massively um, passionate about their success. And for them, it's a zero sum game that I want to be the best in my field, like an absolute the best. There is going to be no balance and you have to be willing to give up the fact that they're not there to provide value to you. As fucked up as it may seem, they're not there for that. Their growth is about them providing value to the marketplace to such a level where like a billion people can provide find value in that person. You know, like all the top entrepreneurs that we talk about on this podcast, they provide value for at least 10 to 100 million people. So obviously the attention is not going to be like, can I buy you flowers every day, if that makes sense, right? And so I think I put it that way. It's like, hey, my goal right now, I'm a business owner, so I got to provide value to at least 10 million people if I want to be a multimillionaire, factually speaking. So right. I can't be busy providing value to you all the time. And, and there is where the conflict inherently lies. And I think you need to have a conversation also before. I feel like a lot of people who are friends or they're getting into any type of relationship, they don't speak to each other. They talk, they don't communicate. It's like, right. tell Communic people yeah. where you're going. Because most of this mis miscommunication happens. Oh, I you started this startup, but now you don't have time for me. You started this business, but now it's taking time away from me. And it's like, you should have had a conversation about what's important for that person and talk about where you want and see your life to go. And I, I'm very big on that. I always communicate my vision to my friends and family and others, others so that they know where I'm going to go. And then they can kind of decide, like, is that on the where Pretty is going? Is that a place that I see myself in there? Yes or no? And if it's no, that's totally fine. But you right. need to communicate that with others. And like, once someone has communicated with that, that with you, you got to respect it. And I think sure. there is a miscommunication. There's also a lack of respect there. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, communication obviously is has to be um, a priority for you and your, your partner or whoever. Um, and, and one thing that I wanted to refer back to for me, in my experience, was that with the partner that I, I was working with, it was like we had different values for the end goal. So I was more concerned about the customer and creating value, whereas the other person was concerned about a dollar, you know, making a sale. Yeah. And that's just not how like I conduct business at all. And, you know, throughout our relationship, I didn't really see that side of that person. So you know, you really need to find out again values. Um, that should be a number one thing to look for. They need to have the same values. They have to align with yours. And if, if they don't, most likely it's not going to work. And you need to to figure that out 
quickly before you know you either start or or get involved with that person because it'll just become a, a messy situation the longer you stay in business with them. Yeah, and, and and here's how I think about like people ask, okay, so I want to communicate this to my friends, family, coworkers, whatever. Um, so when I talk about values, my concept is that values need to have a destination in there too. So I want to become massively successful. And this is what it means for me to be massively successful. Because if I'm communicating this to my best friend or anyone else, and I'm saying, oh, they might think, okay, so Pretty wants, I don't know, two cars. But that road is different than me saying, I want 37 cars, right? right. Or I want to own a car company. I want to own Tesla. Or like not it's a to- like success is a value, but like what level of success? Like I work hard. My one of my values is that I believe in work ethic, but for what? So I believe in work ethic, and for me, work ethic means working twenty four hours a day where I never sleep. For someone else, it might be ten hours a day. So you got to right. if you meet someone for the first time, you got to explain to them your values, but you can't just say it. That's what people do. This is what I value. But like, so for what? Like, what is it really? Like, I, I value family. What does that mean? You're going to call your mom every day or you're going to see her like three times a year. Like, I don't know what that means. So right. be very specific and have an end destination in mind. And I think in the absence, when you don't speak, when you speak about values in just a general way, for me, what it, it says, it's like conflict avoidance. And um, let's talk, for example, about like male-female relationships. Like if you're dating someone, there is just this like where both people are just like trying to make the best impression with each other. It's just a lot like hiring, right? You hire an employee in the first few weeks, everyone's great. Now like you're in an interview. And what happens there is that the, the difficult conversations are just never had. And there's no conversation about like, where are we really going? And then all of a sudden after four years, like, oh man, we drifted apart. I was like, really? Because like, you could have known that early on. So the goal right. of the podcast is, is like avoid these mistakes because they're very costly. You can say whatever you want about, dude, I was in something for five years um, and I didn't care about this person. But it's like, you still spend five years with that person, whether you're cared about it or not, it still took out your energy. So right. I hear all these macho responses all the time. Ah, it doesn't matter, which is like six years. Fuck it. I don't remember. Forget that person. I was like, but you still spend five or six years with them. So whether you agree with it or not, it still took out your energy. It still took your time. So why not take better decisions up front and have difficult conversations? Be willing to hear no. Like if someone says, I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to work with you. I don't believe in that idea. And I think in this willingness to get to yes, it's a very American concept. Like getting to, there's a book I have about negotiation. It's called getting to yes. I think that's wrong. I don't like that concept. I was like, I don't want to get to yes. I want to get to what's right. And right. getting through what's right is different than getting to yes. If I just want to hear a yes from a customer, yes from my boss for a promotion, yes from my girlfriend, you're going to get fucked because you don't, that yes is going to cost you and you don't find out what it's going to cost you until you hit with a massive bill five years later when it's due, everything is due, principal interest is due. Right. And so this is a big concept. Like you have to be willing to hear no. And that can only happen if you are, if you have the guts and the willingness to, you know, be honest about that. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point about communication too, that it made me think about this is, um, you know, most people, are entrepreneurs. Most people aren't business owners. So don't expect your loved ones or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever to understand this lifestyle. So you really need to, to communicate how it is. And, and like you said, where you want to go, what your goals are and explain them because most people won't understand it and you shouldn't expect them to either. That That's that's like one main takeaway that, that I wish I had learned early on. Like I expected people just to know like, Hey, you know, I'm working 16 hours a day or whatever. And, you know, my girlfriend needed to know that, like, 
I don't know. I, I wish I just would have learned it earlier to, to communicate better about, you know, what I have in, you know, in store for my life and where I want to go. Um, but just don't expect people to, to understand it because they won't that you need to tell them. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. We we did an, an, uh, we we, we uh, flirted with this concept a little bit on our first few episodes about just telling people where you're going to go, and you need to make that a big thing. And I've I've always uh, thought about like I call this the flywheel effect. You know, flywheel. It's like you start somewhere and just engine starts revving, and that's how success really works, right? So you have a flywheel effect, and I need every piece of like inertia and like physics to help me get that flywheel going. And one part of that is like, what am I spending my mental time on? Like, which is going to be relationships, networking, friends, mm-hmm. who am I texting on that? Who's on my WhatsApp? Who am I, t- what am I seeing? Like all that stuff needs to be surrounded and making that flywheel go quicker, like give it just more momentum. And so that's why like finding the right people that you're going to let in your life are going to help you get there. And part of communicating properly is if you tell the world and you don't have to make it, I'm not talking and telling people like go on Instagram and say, you want to be, you know, Mark Cuban tomorrow. That's not what I'm, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the people close to you, you owe it to them. Say, Hey, I made a decision. I am uh, very interested in starting a, uh, a new business venture and this is how it's going to work. And this is where I see myself going with this business venture. And this is what it's going to take. And when you say that you, some people will fall off and some people will be there. And your goal is to get those people, um, in sync with you because sometimes those people want to help you. They would love to help you, but if you didn't tell them, they have no clue. Like they really don't know. I've been in that situation. I just don't say anything. And when I tell them, they're like super helpful. They want to help me. Like, I'll help you with this. I'll help you with your meals. I'll help you with training quicker. Like, I don't know, like whatever it is. Um, I've also noticed like the more successful I've become, like people want to be there and like help with every small thing. And that's awesome because I need that help. You know, I need places. I need to save my time. I need help with that kind of stuff. So, but if I never tell anyone, how can, how can I mobilize everyone to help me get there? So my, my concept always is, if you say you want to be successful, you come to Sean and say, oh, "Man, Sean, I want to be like you. I want to be successful, or whatever." Um, my my goal, my, my question always to those people is: Have you mobilized every single tool in your life right now, like all of it, in order to help you get there? Because if it's not all mobilized, you're not firing at all cylinders, and that starts with the most smallest thing in your day. Whether your house is clean, like who is who are you talking to on your chat? Are, right. What are you seeing on Instagram? Like everything needs to be mobilized for success. And I've seen that with highly successful people, they just cut everything out. And the whole world, even from like, I was uh, watching a Kai Green video, he's a prominent bodybuilder, and he talked about how he cares about the colors of the walls in the gym. He's like, if it's not the right color, I don't like training. It doesn't, it fucks with my training. So he he wants a specific color at the gym. And it's kind of messed up, but like, yes, why not? Be Be that granular. So is everything mobilized for your success? Yes or no? And if it's not, you're leaving things on the table. And that's, you know, something that why we're talking about this topic specifically about the people that you have in your life, because they, they form a huge part of, of, of your life. And so you have to mobilize them. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that about Kai Green, because there's like a, an ugly ass green wall at my gym and it just, it pisses me off. Like I, I like just neutral colors and like, if it throws my mood off, it really fucks with my lift, honestly. Um, So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that, that he feels that way too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you only have so much mental capacity for each day. So if you're, you know, wasting any of that energy on, you know, whatever you see on Instagram or, or anything that you just mentioned that that's not aligned with your goals, um, you're going to become less and less effective throughout the day. So, 
you really need to, like you said, you know, mobilize all the tools that you have. That way you're not wasting any energy because like I said, you, you only have so much productive time during a day. Um, and that's for everybody. You know, some people may be more productive longer than others, but you know, everybody has a mental cap per day. At least that's how I think about it. Um, so I, I think that's a, a very good, um, you know, message to take home is, is really look at everything you're doing throughout the day and have you, you know, really critiqued everything to where you're using all the tools to your advantage. A hundred percent. So some really good takeaways there. Um, um, Sean, so a couple of things I got from this podcast is vetting is really important. It's going to be a theme of this podcast going forward for a long time. You got to vet the right people. Um, think about who you spend your time with. You already know that. And then think about, um, think about values and be less skill-based. Think less about like musical taste and stuff that will get you through a dinner conversation. It will get you through coffee. It will get you through a couple of shots of gin, but it won't get you through a life. All right. Like it's not going to get you through life and life is long. Like if you want to have a business, hopefully you're building a business that is built to last. And I always say that if you, if you find a business and it works out, like if it works out, this business works out, it's probably going to be the only thing you ever do in your life. Factually yeah. speaking, they sure. all the business owners that are super successful. They don't do anything else. They never work another job ever in their life. They don't do another business. This is it. So like you have to like it. And you have to build it on values that are there for the long term. Same thing with like something like a marriage or something like that. I see people, I met this person on Tinder. It's like, okay, but that is that, is that, is that enough for you to spend your life with? And these are fundamental questions that you must ask yourself. Um, and I think a big part that we don't speak about a, a lot in this day and age is about getting things quick, making money fast driving Lambos when you're 18, it doesn't matter because the, the real concept is, is like, what I'm interested in is who's going to last? What are the companies, even in our space, in the supplement space, who's going to last? And you want to build businesses that are built to last. And for that, you need to follow values. And those values, um, which something that you added and, and I want to add as well, they need to have a definitive time and a goal attached to them. Um, and that is a value that you must communicate to everyone so you can mobilize them so it can help you succeed in life. Um, so those are some of the takeaways from mine. Um, I don't know, Sean, if you have anything else to add to that. Yeah, actually, I have like a, a parting question for you that I wanted to yeah, get your let's, thoughts let's on. Yeah. Um, so you want to look for people that have the same core values as you when you're hiring or vetting. Um, what do you say when people, you know, there's like an old saying, like, he's everything I'm not, or she's everything I'm not. He, he completes me. You know what I mean? So like, what do you think about, hiring somebody that has like the holes that you have, like in your, in your business repertoire or something like that, you know, maybe my employee Seth is good at this and I'm not good at that. So like, is that something you should look for? Like when you're hiring or do you think you just want to have somebody that's similar minded, similar values and things like that? Yeah. I think you need to have someone who has the same values as you, but can, if you're start if you're starting, for example, a business, but you need to hire for someone who has the skill sets that you don't have. Or they can learn those skill sets that you don't have, which is a totally different concept. Because I think some of you and people conflate it. I don't think you are, but they'll say, but like you just that that wouldn't just have the same person. I was like, no, no, don't I, I don't want to clone, really. <laughs> I don't want a clone of mine. I don't want to like marry myself. I don't I don't want that. Like you want someone who has things that you don't have, but those are not values. So if you have a value for like extreme work ethic, and I demand that in my business, we need to have someone who is like, this is it. Like they'll work 20 hours a day and I work 20 hours a day. But so they do like all the marketing and I do all the, uh, the vendor relationships and business development. That's better than saying we're both going to do business development for 20 hours. Like that makes no sense. So I, right. I agree. I think you should hire for your weaknesses 
right? But the, but but your strength should be your, both of you guys should have the same values, and I think well, we can go about it on another episode too. But values, I think people don't understand really what that really is. I think it's mis misrepresented. People think it, it's about some like personality traits or like le- what you like and don't like. Um, and I think that is incorrect. Um, and I, we, we should definitely dissect it in another episode because like values are so important. Yeah, so I want people sure. to understand really what we mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, over the next couple episodes, we can, you know, kind of break it into a couple parts and address like a few topics within this topic. Um, I think, I think that would bring a lot of value to our listeners. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Sean. So we are concluding this episode. Um, you can find us pretty much everywhere. If watching us on YouTube, on Instagram, uh, you can find us on uh, all the podcast uh, channels. If you like what you're listening to, uh, leave us a review. I know a lot of people have been leaving us reviews. That's great. And uh, we will be back for more, Sean. Cool. All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. Talk to you next time. Awesome, man. Bye-bye.